good. All right. Are you ready? All right. Welcome to the Space Between Words. Welcome yeah. back. Welcome back. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Today? I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I am too, because we're just gonna we're gonna do this one raw. This How do one, we feel about it? This is raw, spontaneous, in the moment. In the moment. In the moment. Okay. You want to start us off? So yeah, I, I want to talk about um, new language. Okay. Why is new language important for our faith? Oh, no. And this is, you know, and so this, this is a fascinating one. Um, we were both there. Mm -hmm. We did an event last year where we <laughs> gather communicators that want to elevate their ability to communicate mm -hmm. and preachers. Some of them, most of them were pastors of churches and some of them were guys and guys and gals in business world, yeah. but they're looking for ways to elevate the communication. And so one of my sessions was basically new language. Mm -hmm. And you were there. Was it there. was, um, do you want to describe what, 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 uh, what did the room feel like? I just talk about that. Yeah. So I would say tension. <laughs> tension is a, a great word. A great word to start. Yeah. So, you know, we were, we were in the balcony, so I think we could kind of see the body language and everything, but I didn't realize, I think for me to describe what was going on, I didn't realize like how in love we are with our words. Yeah. And how we define things and how sacred when we start talking about words that people hold those so close to their heart. Mm -hmm. And so when you started pushing about like, <laughs> hey, maybe we need to learn how to communicate different or, um, yeah, describe things differently. It felt like you could, you know, cut the tension with a knife. And, and I loved it. And I was like, this is the best. I think I took a picture of you. I was like, this is my pastor. And I, then, yeah. and uh, yeah, and uh, I think people in the room felt differently <laughs> than I did. Some of them. Some of them, Some yeah. of them, yeah. Some of them felt like they needed to assist yes. everyone to hear what I was saying. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was it a was, fun moment. Was, I actually I really enjoyed it. it. I did too. Yeah. It was but very, I love those moments. It was very intimate <laughs> uh, and very real and raw. Yes. But I would say by the end, it created some really good dialogue That's for it. everyone to rethink about how they describe their faith. Yeah. And, it, and I think that's what happened. Like talking to some of the people after that was like, it opened up people asking questions like, why do we think this is important? Yeah, mm -hmm. it was really cool. And that's what tension does yeah. or it's supposed to do yeah. is that we lean into it and say mm -hmm. like, why is this so sacred to me? So yeah. you want to go into that? Yeah. So there's a couple <laughs> thoughts I have. One has to do with just, it, um, I have a bent toward creativity how do we create the future creating something new like i'm always constantly moving in that direction yeah. in my mind and in my heart so the 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 joy of just words um i love words and I, it's also the bane it's also the thorn in my side because <laughs> i might feel like my vocabulary is so limited to try to describe so the creative part of me loves words and new language just just to create and express and then there's the other side that has to do more with people that we're leading. So uh, church communities, uh, people that are following Jesus. So we've got this reality and we are living, we're living in a time now where so many people are disillusioned or confused and they're dissecting the reality of anything transcendent. So there's yes. lots of confusion around that now. Yeah. And so what motivates me to create new language is for creative purposes because it's fun it's enjoyable and the second one is to actually try to bridge some gaps and help people that are confused and disillusioned to 
move into a new space in their faith rather than it's so constraining. And so for me, that's what's motivating me in the conversation around new language. Um, It creates a lot of tension because of what you just said. It's because we build, we literally build worlds around our, our, our with our words Mm -hmm. and don't touch my words. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't mess with my definitions of my words. Don't, in one thing I've learned, and Erwin taught me this, he said, when you change, when you use new language, people think you're attacking their beliefs. Yeah. And I didn't realize that until we moved to South Carolina, started a studio, yeah. and we were just talking beforehand, like there's, we are creating an environment where we have words in our vernacular mm-hmm. that weren't in our vernacular two plus years ago. Yes. And I think people like come in, they're like, how come you're not talking about this and this and this? I say, we are. Mm-hmm. You're just not listening carefully. And so they're, they're dynamics. And so I'm not looking to cut people off, but I'm looking to invite people into a deeper dimension. Yeah. I read this term, it's called linguistic relativity. Wow. And the idea is this, is that the words and the definition of those words actually shape your paradigm and your perspectives. So another way to look at it for me is your, the words, your vocabulary, your definition can either can limit you or it can set you free. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder how much of our paradigms are locked up in outdated words and definitions. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think we've gotten really lazy with our words. We make lots of assumptions. Yes. And some of it is we don't know who we're talking to anymore. No. We think everyone thinks like us. And mm-hmm. so we use words that make sense. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And more and more in a society that we live in, they have no clue what we're talking about. Yeah. So we're like, well, what about this? And we're like, I've never heard that word. What did that word even mean? So the gap. The gap is getting bigger. The gap is getting bigger. Yeah. But yet for some reason, a lot of people that are following Jesus are holding on to words and definitions that, that if I could say it this way, work in another season mm-hmm. to communicate. Now it's just a wall. It's like, I don't know what to do with that word. Yeah. So the idea of expanding our language, the idea of, of finding new words to describe, and I don't think we realize how much Jesus actually did this when I was gonna say he that. came. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when he came, he was using words and phrases and concepts and ideas, and it completely disrupted everything, and they ended everything. up killing him over it. Yeah. So I don't think we realize that Jesus actually came in with an entirely new language. Yeah. He, he, he brought value. He used humanity as good. That He was protecting people. He was doing all these things and teaching. I mean, they, if, you don't, if you listen to Jesus and you forget to eat for three days, which happened. Yes. Which led to the 5,000 people getting food. Yeah. That tells you the guy was a brilliant communicator. Yeah. He was sharing concepts and words and language that was so captivating that it brought humanity closer to the reality of who God is, that you forget to eat for three days. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. And I think for us, we've forgotten, we've, we've lost our, we've gotten lazy, and we're just using old language. Yeah. And so when I think about, they say there's over 7,000 languages in the world today. So that means there's 7,000 universes of word to try to describe what it means to be human living in this world. So it's just, it, but yet we want to reduce it down to just a handful of words. Mm-hmm. So for me, the motivation is, is, uh, is huge. Yeah. I want to bridge the gap. I want to, I want to describe 
a God that I've served and, and have been loved by for my majority of my life. And I want, I want people to realize instead of the classic church word that they hear all the time. So for me, it's, it's, uh, it's going deeper in that. Well, it's, it's interesting to me because if we set it as like, you know, as missionaries, that when we go into other countries or other environments, we learn their language and we learn how to communicate the stories of the Bible, the things that we've learned in their language. Mm-hmm. There is a different language that this mm-hmm. generation is speaking. And if we are not in it, if we don't know what that culture is speaking, mm-hmm. then I don't know how to close that gap and learn, hey, like they're not going to understand some of these words. Um, they're not even in church. So how do we come in and speak their language and bring Jesus to them mm-hmm. instead of them to us, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, because mm-hmm. that's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. And I think what's interesting is that he was such a good storyteller. And um, we talk about this all the time when we're creating, especially with, with dance or music, and we talk about like the periods and the exclamation points and the question marks. You have to have those in communication mm-hmm. because like you have to have those moments where you stop or where you question or where you know the highs and the lows of storytelling that's what jesus was mm-hmm. so i think it's interesting because we have been so married especially maybe even within the church we've been so married with these words and they've become things that we're like no these are sacred we're not mm-hmm. moving but then yet the gap keeps getting bigger and bigger so when are we going to lay that down mm-hmm. and say hey maybe there is another way to describe this and and maybe we could you know maybe that'll make more sense out there i don't know yeah you remember at the event we were talking about last year i made one statement i actually made it on social media like six months prior to promote the event yeah and this was the statement it was something along these line lines i think we need to strip the christian off of us and go back to remembering what it was like to be a human that is trying to find faith in God. Now, obviously, you can <laughs> misunderstand that easily, and and there was a lot of misunderstanding around. You're saying we shouldn't be a Christian anymore. You're saying we should strip our identity in Christ. I said, you, first of all, I don't think you were actually listening to what I was trying to say. Yeah. Some of us are using words that don't actually mean anything to us anymore. So we describe our, this is God, this is God. Like Those are just copy and paste words. You, yeah. you copy and pasted from something that worked 20 years ago, or maybe what you said or someone else said, but it doesn't, there's no, there's no depth to there's it. No there's depth. no like meaning to it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I think anytime when you look at language, when a word had lost this meaning and it becomes more constraining, then it's a really good opportunity to find another word. Another word. So I challenge, could I work with a lot of people in the church world? And I challenge communicator, instead of saying the word anointing, find a different word. Uh-oh. Like, just explore. Like, just see what else comes out. Yeah. And, and go there because the word anointing makes sense to a very small, small group of humanity. Small group of people, yeah. It may make sense in your church, but if you use that word outside of that context, but even within your churches now, it's like it, those words, it makes sense to the people that grew up in the 70s, 80s, and 90s mm-hmm. in the church. In the church. So let's take some of these buzzwords that are really beautiful, and they're obviously in Scripture. So... So I think what people need to understand, try to find a new word to describe the definition of a word yeah. instead of getting rid of the definition. So I think for me, it, I don't want to get too tip for tat, but it's, it's just a reality of like um, our vernacular is so constraining now and it's not actually inviting people into the dimensional reality of who God is. Mm-hmm. And so when we started studio, 
when we started this space, it was like, and it drove a lot of people crazy. Like, what, what's the vision? What, what are we doing? And it's like, we're building it. And yeah. we, the language time, uh, coming up with the words and like these words that are in our, our vision and all that stuff, it's been carefully thought through. And now we're two years in, I'm getting tired of them. I'm like, I know. I want, I, I, we gotta, we gotta keep moving signs. this thing yeah, forward. Yeah. So I would challenge people like, it's less about the truth of a word. Yeah. It's more about how can you describe it better? Mm-hmm. And the English vocabulary, I forget the statistic, but they say our vocabulary in the last hundred, uh, don't quote me yeah. on the number, but in the, our vocabulary in the last hundred years have gone from like 50, 60,000 words to almost 200,000 words. So even our vocabulary has expanded. Why do we have such a hard time with expanding our ability to describe the beauty of who God is? I don't know. And so it's, it's, that's what I want to challenge in people. Yeah. And I think for... I think if you want to touch the soul of humanity, you need to know who you're talking to. Or you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, like that's, for me, it's like when I think about the God who created the universe and they constantly are finding that the universe is constantly expanding. And yet we as a church think that we have to stay in this like small bubble. And I'm like, man, we serve a God that is living, breathing, expanding, that goes past time that we even understand in dimensions that we, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so like our language has to, has to change. Mm-hmm. It has to grow. It's, 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 uh, we have a joke like as in the artist world, <laughs> like if you're not growing, you're not learning, then you're already passed on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as a church, man, it's time that we teach people that, Hey, there's a growing God. Like God is like expanding and let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's go with them on this journey. It's super cool. So let's, let's ask a couple questions here. One okay. would be, what are some good steps in new language? Like yeah. how do you develop new language and get around people that don't speak your existing language? Huh. Like get around, so for, I would say for, for leaders and specifically in the church world, I would say get around people that know nothing about God. Mm-hmm. Like listen to them talk. And if you think everybody that you talk to had the same frame of reference as you, you're, there's gonna be a huge miss there. Yes. And so because we're living in an increasingly growing secular society, so the idea of anything transcendent, Mm -hmm. forget about God, just even pagan gods, anything transcendent is getting less and less and less in our society. Mm -hmm. But yet we're using language about a God that they have no reference point for. So then we go, what do we do about this? This is why I think the book of Ecclesiastes is really crucial today. Oh, interesting. This is why I like to read it because it reveals the longing of a man named Solomon Mm when he lost his plot, hmm. when he lost his meaning, when he lost his um, identity, he was losing it at least, is when he lost his purpose. He, he was empty and void. And so you read the book of Ecclesiastes, yes, it's depressing, yes, it's discouraging, but what you read is you, you read the, the soul is talking. Yeah. A soul that is empty, that's the words we're reading on the page. And we begin to realize, oh, he had lost his plot. He's searching for something. And everything in front of him had lost this meaning. But then in the middle of it, in chapter 3, verse 11, he said this one thing, but God has placed eternity in the heart of man. Mm. And what that tells me is that Solomon recognized that something in me longed for something outside of me. And so I think for some of our language around how do we capture the, how can we speak to the soul of humanity and to the mind? We were, I was in one of our leadership meetings. You, I believe you were in this one if you're out of town or not, but our team, 
Like Eric, what what do you what do you want to do? And if this was in one context, a meeting we had a certain discussion around. I said I want to touch the soul of humanity. I want to talk to the mind of humanity, and I want to touch the soul of humanity. Yeah. What I mean by that is is that I want to get past the the facades. Uh, I don't want shallow conversations. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just speak a small talk. Anything. Sp- I want to get to the essence of who someone is. So I try to listen to. This is why I love culture. Love mm-hmm. culture in the meaning I learn so much. Yes. Culture is an expression of the soul of humanity. So what we see in music, entertainment, fashion, all that stuff is an expression of what's happening. But it's also telling me where humanity is at and where they're long, what they're longing for. Mm-hmm. So I am in the in the in the uh, I'm on the whiteboard, so to speak. What words can we use to capture that? Yeah. And so I think that's why studio is an interesting space. It's a big experiment right now. But we're trying to find, I'm, I think we're trying to find not just new language, but human language. Yeah, I was going to say that because um, this generation, since I work with them so much, um, this upcoming generation that's behind us, um, they say the top thing is authenticity. Mm-hmm. They search for authenticity. So my thought is even with our language, some of these words that we've used from the past, they don't actually come. It's not even language we use on a regular basis, like when we're talking to our friends. And so when I'm talking to someone that, that is searching for authenticity and I'm using a word that I don't ever really use in my vocabulary to define God, then it almost comes across inauthentic. Mm-hmm. And there's a generation that's looking for that. Like they're looking and they're seeking for that. So if we can match the authenticity of our relationship with the Lord, with the language that they speak, I mean, that's what, I mean, you said, they're mm-hmm. looking for something, mm-hmm. they're desperate for something yeah. and they're willing to, if you're a good communicator, they're willing to listen to you more than maybe someone that has credentials. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, I think it's really important that yeah. we learn to communicate well and from the heart that mm-hmm. it's authentic as well. So that's so good. So new language, I think <laughs> is, uh, I, I think I would venture out and say this, the future of our existence is going to somewhat depend on our ability to create new language. Yeah. And to continue to reach a generation of people that have moved into a completely different space of their existence, and yet we're trying to talk to them like they're in this space. And so I do I do think there's something about that. And I know some people will listen to this and they'll be, you know, they will, what about biblical language and yeah. Bible language? And, yeah. and I, I understand all that. I do too. Um, my, my heart is that we will find new work to describe these transcendent truths that we find in Scripture. Yeah. And, and recognizing it's okay to move outside of certain biblical words. Um, I'll probably get in trouble for saying that right there, but that's okay. <laughs> it's okay to venture out. Yeah. Find other words to describe this. That's cool. And I, I challenge communicators to try to s- describe Jesus without saying Jesus. Mm-hmm. Just, just, on, just as a personal project, write down the piece of paper and go, I'm going to describe Jesus without saying Jesus. And it's interesting. It's, it's actually quite challenging for a, a lot of people that follow Jesus. Like, Oh, Jesus just sums up this idea, and I've got the construct in my head, but you forgot how to describe who Jesus is. Yeah. So actually getting down into it and taking the idea and the person of Jesus, and I want to describe him in the most human way possible to bridge the gap of the beauty of who he is. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I, I go into teaching these dance conventions, and it's not quote-unquote 
Christian. Mm -hmm. And so I can't just go on stage in front of 400 kids, 500 kids and say, Hey, you know, Jesus is, is here, you know, like Mm -hmm. that just doesn't work. But I also know that like wherever I am, he exists. Mm -hmm. And so learning how to communicate like, Hey, there's, there's someone that, that created you, that spoke you into existence and be able to speak a language that makes sense to them without ever seeing Jesus. It's amazing how he actually shows up in those rooms where the, yeah, the you're in, you're in a great space for that kind of stuff. It's, but, um, but we see like when we do that, that he still shows up mm-hmm. and I'm like, I think we just need to get like a little bit like kind of more brave. I don't know how to, maybe mm-hmm. that's the right word. I don't know. But like to be able to say, Hey, I want to go into spaces and bring Jesus mm-hmm. in a way that maybe has never been done before. Yeah. It's cool. So something we should talk about, not on this episode, yeah. but a future episode is um, a, an episode around the idea of language is culture and culture is language. Mm. So talking about creating a culture and how language is essential in actually creating Bring a culture. culture. So that would be a fun talk at fun. some point. So, All right. Well, this is good. Yeah, that was fun. I love I, this. I like that Thanks one. for listening, everybody. And uh, if you like us, follow, click the follow button. Click the follow, leave yeah, comments. leave comments. And uh, have a great week. Yeah. We'll see you later. Thanks.